Hey guys, hope everybody's doing good. Um, I think, I guess I could say apologies. Um, <clears throat> I did, I did a full podcast, like, I guess last Friday, maybe Thursday. And, um, actually my physio at the moment who's helping up in Fontremeau, um, told me that only half, um, only half of the podcast uploaded. So, and um, we've been really lucky. There's um, been physios up in Font Ramon at the minute. Um, physio called Andy Walling has been helping quite a bit. Um, and he listened to the first. I think I'd waffled about doing a podcast, so he listened. And um, the the podcast basically was supposed to cover before and after the session, but ended up just covering, um, I guess, before. And I was probably a bit annoyed because it, it ended up being – the reason it ended up being a pretty good podcast is because, um, I guess, like always, like I, I try to be as honest as, as I can be and, and as open and, and, you know, perhaps often like vulnerable and things like this. And, and so the session actually didn't go to plan really at all. Um, and I talked about before the session, you know, tiredness and easy weeks and things like this. And the fact that, you know, my body had been really good to me and, you know, the fact of the matter is I, I came up to um, Font Rameau a long, long way away from the fitness that it would take to put in a good marathon. Um, I hadn't been to altitude for probably the best part of four months. So March, April, May, June, July, five months, actually. Um, you know, I hadn't been on a training camp or that environment for those four or five months um lockdown took its toll and and so the fitness was quite a bit away um i i also was only running maybe you know i i think i i i counted up all the biking that i'd done and and all the running and then kind of converted it into this like 60 to 70 mile a week type athlete and and you know when when you consider that most athletes that are you know professional marathon runners are you know 100 plus there's actually a lot of track 1,500 meter to 5K runners that run 110 mile a week or more. Um, you know, 60, 70 mile a week is just not not going to cut it. So um, what I talked about um, from memory in the podcast after the session was that my body had been really good to me. You know, for, for a month, it had essentially allowed me to push and push and push and um, push on runs, push in sessions. Um, very, very rarely doing runs that were that at some point of the run we were um, you know over six minute miles. So most runs that we have done so far in the last month, at some point of that run, whether it's mile two or whether it's mile eight of a 12 mile run, at some point the pace had gradually worked its way under six minute mile, and and I'm I'm talking about every run. I'm not talking about a couple. Um, so I, I, I didn't mind because I, I, I thought to myself, this is okay because, you know, lockdown and, and, and actually we've committed to London Marathon. And, you know, at the time it was eight or nine weeks away. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to stand on the start line of a marathon unless I believe that I can achieve something that I've never achieved before. Or it just seemed like like I was doing it for the sake of doing it rather than genuinely believing that the camp I'd put in and the result I could perhaps achieve on the day 
is something that I've never ever achieved before. Um, so that was the that was the attitude that that was the that was what came behind all the decisions, the decisions to push a bit more, the decisions to push some of the runs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was just like a quick fix. The first month of Fontremo was always about putting in work. You know, there had been such a lack of training. And I and I think at certain times the body is more capable of handling training when it when it first of all when it psychologically when it psychologically and physically comes together. So psychologically I was super keen and super motivated. It was never forced. It was always a choice to run a bit harder. It was always a choice to get stuck in. So I didn't get frustrated. I didn't get annoyed. Also, there might have been a benefit to doing three, four, five months, whatever it was, at a bit less mileage and some more cycling and cross training, you might find that it gave the body quite a quite a decent stint to recover muscles to be in a good place, etc. etc. Um so yeah, like to, to cut that whole long story short, um before the I ended up having a bad session. Not a terrible session, just um not as good a session as I'd have liked. Um, it was easily explained. I had done 20 miles on the Sunday, pretty tough. I had done a session the previous Friday that was pretty tough. Um, and then I had done a track session on the Tuesday that was pretty tough. And I was actually designated driver, you could say, to bring um, one of the other athletes that we were up here training with, Jamie Crow, to the airport. And that coincided with me getting my own rental car. So it, it worked out really well. But that meant that I was doing that on the Friday. And so I had pushed the session a day earlier. Um, and so it just meant instead of being able to do eight mile in one go at a pretty solid pace, I, I just was not capable of doing that. So I had to break it up into three mile, two mile, three by a mile, which was the, a lot of the emphasis on this camp has been about pace. So you know, instead of slogging out eight mile, probably slowing down to the speed that I'd done 20 the week before, you know, or four days before, it was well worth breaking it up into a, into a sort of like tempo rep session rather than a tempo session. Um, and that that's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I handled it really well, which is probably why I'm frustrated that the podcast didn't upload or deleted half the content. Um because it was it was probably really nice when you're in that raw emotional state of mind and of course you're frustrated that you weren't actually able to finish the session that you wanted to do but at the same time I I was really honest with myself and knew where my fatigue was and I guess you could just say I accepted it for what it was um and that's not like me so throughout throughout everything that I've done as a runner and as an athlete I'm always I'm always hopefully growing like the the person and, and the human and things like that and um you should always be striving and and aiming to do that and as part of that the things that are going to crop up in sport like disappointment and frustration and, and injuries and things like that you should always be asking yourself like how would I like to handle this rather than rather than just allowing yourself to handle it whatever way you handle it it's actually really healthy to ask that question, like, how would I like to handle this? If I have a bad session, how would I like to handle that? Would I like to be the athlete that's fucking punching things and knocking over 
knocking things over and frustrated or, you know, would you like to be the athlete that logically says it's impossible to have really good sessions all the time, especially if you're training at a level that's going to allow you to be competitive at an, at, at an Olympics, sorry. Um, you know, because to be competitive at an Olympics, you're talking about probably, you know, putting in close to um, like a hundred mile a week, intense stuff, gym sessions, um, solid long runs, things like this. So, you know, is it possible to logically speaking, always have good sessions? Of course it's not. So, what advice would you give to someone else if they just had a bad session? And take, ignore the fact that, you know, there might have been reasons behind my tiredness, like a tough month, sessions back to back. Even if there is no logical reasons, it's still, it still is possible that every now and again, you're going to have a bad day, a bad session. Yeah. And so you ask yourself, how would I like to deal with that situation? And, and then... And then go about doing that. You know, if, if how you'd like to deal with it is spending five minutes later on that day trying to figure out what led to a bad session. Were you too ambitious with the speed? Um, did your coach not pay attention when he was setting it? There's, there's all different types of reasons. Um, am I tired? Is there a bit of an injury? Was I not motivated? Heaps of different reasons. Um, and then, you know, maybe maybe how you'd like to deal with it is, you know, figure out the reason, and then move on. And then try to try to not allow something like that to happen again in future. Um, I always knew, for, from my own perspective, I always knew I might have been tired. I almost expected to be tired. Um, and I probably already anticipated that I might have to do it as reps. But a lot of this camp has been about self-belief and, and just giving it a go. Um, and so that's what I did. Um, I always knew moving it forward today, there'd be a risk that there would be some tiredness. But I, I, I prioritized the long runs here in Font Rameau. I've, I've gradually got. So week one was like 15 miles, maybe at like 545 average. Week two was 16 miles at like 530 average. Week three was 20 miles at 520 average. You know, you could see the pattern. So of course, I prioritized the Sunday long run and I moved the session forward a day rather than back a day. You know, I could have moved the session to Saturday, but I thought, nope, you know, get it out of the way. Maybe be a little bit fresher going into the Sunday long run, because ultimately for the marathon, that's probably one of the key, the key elements of the buildup. Um, so that was, that was some of the sort of stuff that I spoke about. Another another big part of it was um, I, I'm, I'm exploring um my own mental health quite a bit i i i realized that somewhere somewhere along the way in life you know i like i've gotten pretty serious and it, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take what you do seriously and things like that but um you know it's okay not to take yourself too seriously sometimes and so it's funny that this i can now talk about this because this happened after the podcast but on, on Friday night, for example, um, every Friday night in Font Rameau, there's like entertainment. There's like they, they bring bands or um, like entertainers in to sing and, and do little things. And 
you know, usually I just sit in the apartment and I sort of see it as like an inconvenience that this is happening around me. And here's me trying to like, I don't know, focus on resting or sleep. And I see it as like this, like inconvenience. Whereas Friday, Friday's the first time. So let me, let me give you a bit of a backstory. Like I, I've been choosing to listen to podcasts, like maybe like daily, every couple of days and actually listen to them. Not, not multitask, like not listen to them while I ride up training or not listen to them while I cross train or not listening to them while I'm on an evening run, like actually listen to them. So that idea of being present a bit more and, and, and taking the 45 to 50 minutes, whatever it is to just, to just really listen and take it in and, and appreciate it, I suppose. And so a part of that is just a lot of it has been about being present and, and you, you know, I've probably said this before, but I journal most days and, if I've struggled with something, like part of the way through that session, I got to mile three, that Thursday session where I struggled. And, and it's almost like I, I, we don't really know what an anxiety attack feels like. Some of my listeners might. Um, I, I, I honestly believe I was starting to have what would probably be like an anxiety attack. We, we don't, if, if we talk about what are, what are common symptoms of, you know, a cold, or fucking, I bet we'd all know what common symptoms are of COVID because it's been drilled into us from the media. But like a lot of us don't really know what anxiety feels like. So how do we even know that we aren't like living in a state of anxiety? I, I have no idea. Anxi- I mean, I might. I feel like I, I, I do constantly look over my shoulder. There, there's sometimes a constant worry. There's a constant sort of stress that I've done something wrong and things like that. And and that's anxiety. That's that's a, a sure sign of an anxious person. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm mile three into this session. It's really not going the way I want it to go. And I can feel my body starting to tense up. I, I can feel stress coming. Um, uh, you know, I'm getting anxious. I'm getting, like, stressed. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to make, like, decisions. Do I keep fighting it? Am I being weak? If I stop at mile three, for example, or am I being smart? And I'm trying to like, I'm trying to figure all this out on the go. And then I remember it just came to me where I was just like, hey, like, like, fuck, like, you know, just relax. It's okay. Like, very, very rarely do we just tell ourselves, you know, hey, it's okay. In fact, you know, if I just did the warm up and didn't even attempt the session, that's okay. If I just did three mile, and because I wasn't running fast enough, decided to call it a day. That's okay. Actually, there's a there's a lot of things in life that's okay that, that you know we don't we don't allow it. We we have such high expectations of ourselves and such demand and personalities within some of us that we we if we were talking to someone else, we'd say you you could only get to mile three and you were tired. You've had a really tough week. It's been a really tough month. Don't beat yourself up. Go home. Have a lovely meal. Relax tonight. Have a bath. Take it easy. You're okay. But when it's ourselves, we're very like, very like internally, we just explode on ourselves and we, we really don't give ourselves that, that inner voice. We just fucking go crazy on ourselves and like you're a quitter, you know, fuck's sake. Like, why did you move the session to today? It's so fucking annoying. This is because I have to go to the airport tomorrow. All this kind of shit. All, and it's all bullshit. It's all absolutely bullshit. Um, 
And so, yeah, like working on that inner voice that I, I sorry, I was talking about anxiety there. I was talking about anxious. Um, so the, the whole week, right? This has only been a week. I listened to a podcast um, BBC four. Don't tell me the scores or John Kerwin talks about anxiety, talks about like stress and things like that. And, um, you know, starts to open up, op- starts opening the door that maybe he is an anxious person, maybe he is a stressful person, what can you do about it? So I, I've been putting little things in place to try to help that stress or that anxiety. And, and there's lots of different things that can contribute to stress and anxiety. Pressure, pressure you put on yourself, relationships, relationships with friends, relationships with family, relationships with other humans, um, driving, training, training partners, you know, there's your coach, there, there's there's heaps and heaps of reasons why we can be stressed or anxious or, you know, fuck me, we live in a time of a pandemic where you can't plan further ahead than maybe the next couple of weeks. So, all right, we can all maybe be a little bit more stressed and anxious than we possibly believe. So I, I've opened the door to, Stephen, you're, you're a pretty fucking anxious dude. When, did I, when it happened, I don't know. I, I feel like I used to be this, like, pretty stress-free person and, and, and always excited and, and happy and a happy person to be around and, you know, a funny person to be around and, and joking and smiling and, and, and things like that. And then and then at what point, you know, do you just become quite serious and, and all things like that? And, and it's something that I've had to think about. But anyway, I've been putting little things in place to because I don't want to be an anxious or a stressful person. I I want the person I want to be is not a stressed and anxious person. The person I want to be is someone that, you know, people are genuinely excited to spend time with. And like, I, I have this idea that like, I want people to be able to like, trust me. And like, so, um, like it, it means when, when, when people trust you and they, like, they don't see you as like a liability or a risk or a hazard, you know, they just feel calm around you and they know that they're in a safe place. And that's kind of like, I think deep down, like that's where my heart would be, that I, I want to be this this calm and, and caring and, and thoughtful person that you know, like, you know, around him. Like, I just feel, I feel good about myself. I know he genuinely cares. I know that, like, you know, he's not going to judge me. Like, and, and who the fuck am I to judge anybody? So that that's where I want things to get to. But if, if you're stressed and you're anxious... People are just, it's just going to be hard work to be around you. Um, so I've been, little things I've been putting in place is things that like Sir John Kerwin talked about, which is like journaling and, and making logical sense of some of the silly things you worry about. It's, I don't know how many times I've sat down with ass about what in my, in my brain, it's like I have a fucking problem that is like, it's like the size of fucking New York City. And then me and Haas talk about it. And then at the end of the conversation, Haas will be like, so, so what's the problem? And I'll be like, I fucking hate when you do that. But equally fantastic, you're right, there is no problem. But I, I end up pissed off because I'm like, but it made so much sense earlier that there was a problem. And actually there wasn't a fucking problem. I was just making a problem out of nothing. Um, and so the journaling has been really good because what you do when you journal or you write little things down, you, you make sense of it. You say to yourself, you know, normally stress and anxiety, if you ask yourself, do I want to feel this way? Do I want to feel stressed that, you know, this may not happen? Do I want to feel stressed about, you know, maybe my injury won't get better? Do I, do I, like, if the answer is no, then, you know, it, that doesn't have to exist. You can, you can decide how you, how you want the next week to feel like, how you want the next week to go. 
and then put actions in place to allow that to happen. Um, and so that's really important. Another thing was just the being present. So I've, we're doing it as a group, you know, like when we sit for dinner, we, we actually sit for dinner and phones are put away. And, um, you know, we, when we go, like we, we went, when we go for hot chocolate and things like that, like we're, we, we exist, we're there. Like it's not, I know, you know, it's not necessarily drink this hot chocolate, like it's your last hot chocolate ever. But one of the sad things about life is that you're never, you're never told when it's your last ever hot chocolate. You're never told when it's your last ever hot chocolate with a person. Um, anything can happen. Look at my, you know, I, I hate to use him as an example on my podcast because it seems unfair, but Tommy's, Tommy's really struggling right now and that hurts me. And maybe, maybe that is what has led to a lot more me looking at me and saying like, you know, how I felt the last five days of my life is probably some of the, some of the nice and happy days happiest i don't know because i'm just opening myself to steven it's okay to be happy steven it's okay to not stress steven it's okay you know like trusting yourself to actually accepting that you're allowed to be happy is quite a quite a big thing but on that note being present okay so that's number two so being present and you've no idea when things could change no matter how fortunate you are or unfortunate you've no idea being and so then it goes back to like gratitude and things like this and being grateful for what you have and not always seeking more or not always trying to change a situation and not always expecting more or demanding more like just just being pretty pretty grateful for what you have here i am in front remote training with some of the best guy athletes in the world able to work with you know some of the the best physios in the business and um and and you have to be grateful for that you cannot just naturally i could just like you know if i go to mo Farah's house for dinner or i go and i'm on a sunday long run with mo Farah, like it's amazing you know it's absolutely it's incredible um and so you have to be grateful for things like that and and really appreciate it for what it is because you've no idea when it could change when it could um there's a saying, and, and I only heard it recently, and, and that's it. Like, you, you're not warned when when things are about to change. Nobody nobody warns you. You know, we're not told, and that means we're not told when we're going to die. We're not told when our circumstances are going to change quite drastically. It tends to just happen, and that could be health reasons. That could be injury reasons. That could be redundancies because of pandemics, etc., etc. You're just not, there's not really a warning. Nobody warned us that COVID was going to happen. It just fucking came in and bang. And then it, and then we had to all deal with it. So mental health has been quite a big thing for me. And now I'm going to actually explain how I got to Friday night. So Friday night, I'm sitting in the apartment and I've just had dinner, you know, with the guys like we do. It's cool, you know. Um, and the music starts, so, like, da, 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 you know, this music's on, and, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go and actually sit and watch the entertainment, and I'm sitting watching the entertainment, and then, next thing, I'm clapping, when the, and I'm laughing, because this is really funny to me, I'm clapping when everybody else is clapping, and in France, they love it, I mean, they love it, like, you'll have old, old people dancing, you'll have young people dancing, you'll have husbands and wives dancing and, and they just really embrace you know this entertainment and this fun and so I'm clapping and, and then I'm fucking singing and, and it was just like honestly in my head I was like who the fuck is this guy like what is this and I loved it absolutely loved it my feet were going and 
and then I did go to bed at like 10 o'clock because like I was tired. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Like, you know, one of the, one of the things Sir John Kerwin said was, um, like when you're in the shower, embrace the shower. And I, and I did it all week, you know, I was in the shower and he said, just embrace it for what it is, the hot water and the nice feeling on your body, like cleansing your body, whatever, like, you know, just enjoy your shower rather than worrying about something that was said that day or worrying about tomorrow or, you know, worrying about if something's going to happen or if it's not going to happen or if someone's text you or, you know, things like this. Just you just focus on you, focus on the fact that you're in the shower you're enjoying it. I now listen to music in the shower. I play music. I sing sometimes. Um, it's fucking, it's crazy. I, I think we, we believe that mental health and our own well-being will simply look after itself. And other podcasts I've listened to is a bit like, do you, do you plan your life and do you plan the person that you want to be? Like, do you wake up and say, what do I want to achieve today? And, and, you know, is that I want to have a happy day. I want to have a good day. I want to be supportive to people today. I want to improve my ability as a runner today. I want to not only have a good work day, but I want to inspire the people around me to have a good work day. None of us really do that. Um, and so focusing on, focusing on what you want from a day rather than like, are you just a reactor? Are you, are you sitting at the moment on autopilot? and doing things out of habit rather than they actually impact your goals in life. You know, they actually play a role in getting you to where you want to be. And how often do we wake up and say, I want to have a really happy day today? One thing I, one thing I listened to a podcast today was, um, you know, if you, if you think you want to buy a yellow car, right, and you put it in your head, I want to buy a yellow car, and you start looking yellow cars up, and you see a fucking yellow McGann, and you're like, I like that, and I like that it's pretty rare, and you don't really see it, right, and then you go for a drive, and you're like, fuck's sake, he has a fucking yellow McGann, fucker, and then you see another one fucking four hours later, or two hours later, or you see three in a row come past you, and you're like, I can't fucking believe this, it went from nobody drove a fucking yellow McGann to every fucker in Newcastle has one, and the the, the point was, right, I need to have a drink of water, because I'm dying here. I'm drying up. Hang on. All right. Survived that. Anyway, the point was, when you bring your mind's attention to something, it it then subconsciously... Oh, speed camera. It then subconsciously, like, starts to focus on that. Damn. I drunk too much. So... The yellow McGann, that's just an example, okay? Um, it, the example of waking up and saying, I, I'm going to give you a couple of examples here. And one of them is going to be, I, I actually need to make sure I'm recording still because it keeps connecting to the car. Yeah, we are. Okay, so one of the examples would be, I, I want to have a happy day today, okay? And the reason on this podcast this was mentioned was because a father, Rowan, an, an Olympic rowing medalist, was out cycling with his two girls and they happened to be cycling down a road and there was a pedestrian and the pedestrian for whatever reason got pretty worked up and and like shouted and swore at his kids and things like this and and he asked himself the question I wonder like it was clear as day to him 
that that person did not wake up that day and think, I want to have a happy day today, and I'm going to enjoy my walk this morning, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to be in a happy mood. Because if that was your goal, you would not be yelling and shouting like that at little kids. Um, And maybe that person's goal was, I'm going to go for a walk, and I'm going to fucking really piss a few people off. Maybe. I don't know. Um, So that's a really interesting one. How often do we wake up? Now, a second example would be if you're injured, okay, or you're not injured, but you're training, and you wake up and you say, I want to be, by the end of today, I want to be a better athlete or in a position to become a better athlete than I am today. And that will mean different things to everybody. So some days that would mean training really well, you know, pushing because everything, because you're healthy and you've been doing all your rehab and you've been doing everything that you've been told. And so you've earned the ability to push, right? For other people, that might be, well, I've pushed the last three days in a row. So actually pushing today might not be, it might not lead to me be, me being a better athlete tomorrow or in a position to be a better athlete in my bigger goal race that is just around the corner. So for me personally, where, where this brings me to is I, I want to work on two things at the minute. I want to, I, I definitely want to be working towards my, my big goal, which is London Marathon. For now, that's like, well, actually, it's a big goal, but it's like a, a short-term goal with a focus towards Tokyo 2021. Um, I want to be a, a much happier, more, um, you know, more content and, and satisfied human being. Um, I already think, I already think I do everything possible, and I have everything I possibly need to to be that human. I and that happy and that content and that grateful and, but it's just about actually taking it in. So. The, I already have a loving family, a really loving family. I already have absolutely fantastic friends. I already have supportive coaches, brand, you know, people around me that, you know, even the fact that, you know, someone like Andy Walling's helping me or, or when other physios were here, they were helping. I'm already very, very fortunate. And it would be a mistake not to appreciate these things more, these opportunities that, you know, quite frankly, don't just open themselves up. Like you, I think you have to be quite proactive about things like this. Like you don't, you don't just get dropped off in front row in this lovely position with this support team around you. You know, at some point you've worked your ass off to get there. It would be a mistake not to enjoy what perhaps could be the golden years of my life. So, I, the the happy part and the content part and and things like that. I think it's already happening. I just think. And it's probably the case for a lot of us. You're not, you know, am I trying to get to Tokyo so that I can eventually be a happy person? No, Jesus, fuck no, that's not the case. I'm trying to get to Tokyo because I think it's within my capabilities to not only get there, but, you know, perhaps be competitive or perhaps really enjoy the experience or perhaps inspire, you know, a future athlete uh, you know, crack on and, and give it a go and start a fucking podcast and talk about how they got there. Um, but but really, you know, it all comes back to just 
contentness and, and, and you know, self-fulfillment and, and, and reaching goals that you know you're capable of, but perhaps don't yet believe in yourself or, you know, perhaps aren't quite willing to put in the work that is required. Heaps of stuff going on. But the mental health breakthroughs are, are huge. Um, I, I think at a time like coronavirus and pandemics, um, it's become okay to be vulnerable. Um, I, you know, when you, when you accept that you're vulnerable and you accept that, you know, maybe you stress a bit too much or maybe you're, I, it must be 90% of the population must do it. You know, I, I don't care what anyone fucking says. We're all insecure. We all worry. We all stress about really fucking stupid things. Some of us stress about the stupidest things ever. And I feel I'm one of these people, but then like something really bad could happen and I'm a fucking tank. I just do not stress at all. I'm, I hold myself together and I become almost like a leader. But yet I'll stress about like a session not going the way I wanted it or, or stress will I be capable of doing something or, you know, stress about a little niggle in, in my calf. But ultimately, you know, we all stress. We're all pretty insecure. And we all worry usually about what people think about us, whether we should or we shouldn't. We all worry if the person that we have a crush on likes us back. We all worry probably is our boyfriend, girlfriend as into us as we are to them. It's just natural. It's life. It's called being a fucking human being. And the, the really nice part about it all is that when you have one of these feelings or these worries or these concerns, you don't, you don't have to dive into it and explore it and chase it and relive it. You know, you just go, well, at least I'm still human. Great, great that that still exists. Great that I still worry a bit. Great that I still get a little bit insecure every now and again. Thanks for that, brain. And then you move on. So that I think that's a, a really nice thing when you realize that we're all vulnerable. I, I, I tweeted the other day, and I, I don't know. Did I tweet? Yeah, I think I tweeted. And I, I talked about um, coming through certain things and mental health. And, you know, 2016, I was on antidepressants. Um, I, I, have, I have no no issue around the vulnerability that that you know i think people were saying like that's really nice to you know talk about that and it's you know at the time it just i was angry i i, I actually started looking at antidepressants because i was just angry all the time and and like stressed and and easily easily agitated you know easily easily aggravated like just i just wasn't the person that i wanted to be at all i was just hot tempered and and angry and, and like just emotional and and so I went to speak to a doctor and and you know the doctor said like I, you know I think you might benefit from you know taking these and um and this is probably like May of 2016 it was like a month after I had tried to make the Olympics and um I realized that running running probably acted as a medicine in itself it tired me out, it fatigued me, it calmed the emotions down, it gave me something to chase, it gave me something to work towards, it gave me purpose, it gave me contentness, all these things. It, it probably is medication itself. When it's taken away from you because of injury or lack of focus and the problems all kind of come back. And, and, and I just, I, I, I tell you the story, I, I, I have no fucking shame whatsoever. I was sitting in a in a coffee shop. The reason I eventually, I called my mom and I was like, I'm going to go see the doctor and talk to him because I was sitting in a coffee shop and there happened to be a, an old woman who 
probably is quite stubborn about where she sits in a coffee shop. And I had been sitting doing some work and, you know, she came in and moved my stuff. I went, I went to the bathroom and when I came back, my stuff had been moved. And I, I couldn't let it go. I sat, I moved tables and I, in my head, I said, you know, Stephen, just let it go. What, like, what does it matter? But I just, I just couldn't. And nothing, in my head, I was literally thinking, I want to go ask her, like, to tell her son to come down here so that I can talk to him about it. Because <laughs> it's an old woman. There's no, I felt defenseless because there was nothing at the time I could do. But I, but I could let it go. And I, 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 you have to be able to let things go, right? That's so, so important in life. Bigger picture, let things go. Um, actually, when I rewind the clock a bit further, a week before, a week before London Marathon, about a month before that, someone had almost crashed into me in Bushy Park on my last run before the marathon, and I wanted to, I wanted to like fight him like straight away. He got out of his car, and my right fist was clenched, and I just wanted to smack him. And I thought about the marathon, and I thought about what would happen if I hurt myself. And there was these again, there was these old women walking around the park and I just thought they don't want to see that they don't want anything to do with that and and I let it go but I just realized I was I was this angry person that I didn't want to be I I I just I think when I was a kid I wanted to be this angry person and I thought you know I like being the tough guy and things like this and I like people knowing that I'm this tough guy and that's the polar opposite to what I want to be now I really mean that. I have no issues in that. I, Butchie was joking with me, telling me that he thought I, like he said, I'm, he's, he's bionic Butchie. And he says, you're soft, Scully. And I just thought, but he's actually, <laughs> he's telling me I'm fat, kind of. But that's an inside joke, so I'm not going to elaborate more on that. But Butchie said I carry all my fat in my ass, actually, because he's seen me getting acupuncture in my ass. Anyway, that, that's, a, <laughs> that's another story. So I'm soft, Scully. Um, and and I and, and actually, if you take the other soft side of it, like just being, I, I to me, soft is kind, and and it doesn't mean I'm defenseless, and it doesn't mean that I, I can't stick up for myself because you know I learned how to stick up for myself a long, long time ago, and I'm 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 good at the being tough, and I'm good at the being mentally strong, but I'm not very good at the being vulnerable and soft, and and I think with that comes a kindness and. Um, you know, I, maybe it's culture. Maybe you grow up in a culture of very defensive, always looking over your shoulder, unsure whether to trust people. I, I don't know where that comes from. But I do know that, you know, I've got to the point in my life where I'm willing to move past all of that. And I'd rather be soft. You know, if I walk into a bar and someone pushed me, punched me in the face and I fell and I stood up and I, I said, like, are you done? Are you okay? Let's move away. I'd go home a lot happier. I swear to God. I'd go home a lot happier knowing that I let that go. And I it, I, I, just, then, you know, if someone tried to punch me and I moved out of the way, headbutted them, kicked them in the face when they fell down, I wouldn't be happy. It's not, that. that's, that's Stephen 10 years ago. And I'd have loved it. And then I'd have just been guilty for a week because I'd have been like, you hurt that person or blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not good. It's not. It's not healthy. I, I, I think life can be a lot more simple, a lot more calm, a lot more. Yeah, just nice. You know, people. People want to be around calm and nice. And, and so, 2016. 
I've really fucking drifted there. I'm an absolute... <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I drift so, so much. Um, 2016 was tough. You know, I, I thought I'd kind of lost running. and By losing something that really helps me stay calm and content and, and has purpose, it was, it was a frightening time for me, and I was very irritable. I didn't know what to be doing. Um, you know, I, I started on antidepressants for probably about three months. Um, interesting old time. My friend Andrew, who's a really close friend of mine, told me that it made me really boring. Um, it made me numb. It makes you numb. To, your brain kind of just goes a bit numb. So, of course, you're not as stressed, and of course, you're not as anxious, but you don't exist. That's the way I looked at it. I felt like... I felt like it made me not exist. It meant I lost, I lost my personality, I lost my identity, and it 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 might have been the answer back then, but that doesn't mean that it's the answer forever. Um, there there is probably a like a time and a place, and you know, you know, perhaps back then that was the answer, and and that was the time and place. But you know, I think we've moved to a place in the world where. You can get help. You can listen to podcasts. You can start to work on your own psychology. Um, I think you mature naturally. I think you get a bit older and you, and you move past certain things. And the the 20-year-old tough guy, that's ego. Um, your, your ego has decided that you, you want to be a tough guy and you want everyone to see you as this tough guy. But actually, usually the tough guy just doesn't have the emotional intelligence or capabilities to be the calm guy so he's the reactor he's the he's the short fuse whereas i remember always being quite drawn to the the friends i had that were quite calm cool and collected and quite quite logical and and not as impulsive i think it's good to have a balance I think if you're quite an impulsive person, like I probably am, and you can get a fucking handle on your shit, control yourself, you can become a really fucking good person. Because you, you obviously have the impulsiveness, which sometimes is fun and daredevil and bungee jumping and, and all that, all this, all that sort of stuff. You're not, sometimes the calm can be attached to boring and, and doesn't get out much and doesn't want to do anything, doesn't want to live. Um, and so I think you need to have a bit of both. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I mean, I didn't take antidepressants after 2016. I, I, I don't like to, I, I don't want to go into what all happened in 2016 from, from when I stopped taking them to partying and really aggressive partying and nights out and, and things that I'm not, not super proud of, behaviors. And, um, but I'm sure you can use your imagination and, and know where that kind of went to. But it went on a pretty downward spiral of, just really unhappiness. Um, if you party because you want to party and be social and be with your friends, that's, I mean, that's okay. If you're partying because you want to forget your who you are and, and what you've been up to and the person that you are for a night and live in this fake happiness, well, then that's not okay. And so, because you wake up with consequences. And so, I woke up a few times with consequences that I really didn't appreciate. Dark days for me. Um, and, I, and I really struggled through that period. And then, and then naturally, sport pulled me back out of that mindset. And I called my mom up one week and I said, look, 
if I keep this up and I keep partying and um, I can't say no to certain things and I, you know, join in things that I wish I didn't, then I'm going to move back to London and and maybe try to get back in the web work that I was doing and move into uh, an environment that I thought I could thrive a bit in again. And, and you know, a week later was New Year's Eve and it's the night I told everybody about where I got really drunk and you know, all sorts of things. And then the next morning tried to jump over a big barbed wire fence and cut the whole back of my T-shirt and just embarrassing, almost killed myself. Uh, and and that's fucking hard. I, I remember I told you guys I walked home and, and I walked down the street where my grandmother and, and granda would drive in the morning to get their paper and milk and bread. I'm a state. I'm, my, my back's, you know, all, my shirt's all ripped and, I go home and I, I don't even I don't even know any of this. I, I wake up to this because I wake up to, you know, blood and shirt and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, Stephen, like, Jesus, fuck, like, what are you doing? And that was huge, you know. That was a big turnaround for me. So it means when I stand on the start line now, you know, I've already won because I've overcame things in the build-up. I've worked hard. I've, I've I've, I've inspired people, I've pushed people, I've pushed myself, I've made tough decisions. I've won. Race day is just a platform to show people all that hard work and all that focus. And um, But nobody nobody can be judgmental of me. Like, you know, I say these things on the podcast, I open myself up to vulnerability. But it's not fair to judge anybody. What's the saying? Like, you know, don't judge anybody till you've walked a day in their lives. Nobody knows. I might think I stress a little bit, but I've never lived in your head or your body. Maybe you stress more. Maybe maybe I'd live a day in your shoes and be like, holy fuck. I thought, you know, I had it tough. Wow. You know, you have it tough. So we don't know. So we're better not being judgmental. We're better being supportive. Um, we're, we're better looking after our fellow human because we all suffer. You know, it might not look like your rich neighbor or blah, 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 that they're struggling. But actually, you have no idea. Yeah. We have no idea about any of the people around us. So the people close to you, thank them. <coughs> people that have helped you, thank them. Be kind to them. Um, less judgmental. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a step back from that and say one of the big turning points for me has been telling myself that it's okay to be happy. It's okay to have nice things. It's okay to, you know, take care of yourself. It's okay to wake up and put a plan in place of how that day could be a happy and great day and start the day knowing that you literally want to be your happiest self at the end of that day, not miserable, not sad, not stressed, not anxious. All of that is okay. Um, if you do have a bit of anxiety and a bit of stress, it doesn't mean you're, you're fit for the nuthouse. Um, there's a there's a really interesting thing that comes with stress and anxiety and adversity. If you've been through something in your life that was pretty tough, or you're just you find life pretty tough, the the better you get at coping with it and dealing with it, it strengthens you and hardens you for other things in life that might come up. You know, I I I don't want to go into my past, but I could, and I, you know I could probably not make people feel sorry for me, but make people be like holy fuck, like, you know, maybe there's a reason Scully has issues at times, but I don't need to. Um, but I also am well aware that 
the things I've overcame in life and the things I've gone through means I can stand on a start line of a marathon and just think, you know, God, like, this is nothing, you know, and that's cool, you know, and, and so, you know, each, each, sometimes there's negatives to certain things, but also sometimes there's positives, so I'm sure if you go through a really, a lot of podcasts I listen to, people have survived cancers, people have survived Korean, or sorry, plane crashes, and you can look at these things as negativity, and oh my god, like, feel sorry for these people, but also they get this huge benefit, because it gives them a really nice outlook on life, gives them a really nice point of view, it gives them like, they can just see things differently. Um, And so for every big negative or bad thing, sometimes there's positives, so try to draw positives from certain things. Um, Last thing I'm going to say today is um, one thing I heard, you know, I, I heard a good podcast today, and it was basically saying... Um, if you if you want to be better at something, you want to be a better person. You want to, um, you know. I, I woke up one day and I said, you know, today today I want to be a happy day. I want to be a better person today. Me and Jamie walked out into the town in Font and a lot of leaflets had blown all over the ground. And I knew the right thing to do was to pick them up. And so away we went, picking up these leaflets. We didn't have to, but I knew I knew how good that would make me feel. And I knew that fed into, I want to be a better person. The next part is, if you wake up and you decide, I want to be a better athlete, better runner, faster runner, etc., etc., the decisions that you make during that day are what's going to impact whether or not at the end of the day, that's, that's the case, true or false. You know? um, so start having to think about that. Ask yourself, with everything, every decision that you make during the day, is this going to make me a better runner? Is this going to make me a better father? Is this going to make me a better husband? Is this going to make me a better wife? Is this going to make me a better friend? Decide what's important to you and start, you know, asking yourselves those questions. All right. Holy shit. That was 50 minutes long. Wow. Um, Yeah. Enjoy that. Um, I, I, I hope you like that. Um, and, and, yeah, I hope you find some useful, useful information. And, um, yeah, look, everybody take care. Bye-bye.